Hello, everybody. Welcome back to D&D 404. I am your DM, Tony. And joined with me today are the other three frozen foods in my freezer. Gentlemen, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, starting with the crispy, frozen, probably something super greasy with no vegetables in it, Jared. You're damn right. Armos here, checking in. Uh, frozen pizzas, 100%. That's, I mean, that's what else is it for? I don't use it for anything else. Maybe ice cream on occasion frozen pizzas all day frozen pizza i like that dan what about you i'm dan i play menace pebble walker tiny little minotaur swarmkeeper ranger and i think the most common frozen food in my freezer is honestly just frozen fruit for my uh overnight oats so i'm the healthy option frozen fruit okay well i am alec and i play drill of the ashborn and i was born for this after much deliberation, I have to go with my Trader Joe's Philly cheesesteak bao buns. If you've never had them, they're they're Trader Joe's. Looking it up right now. They're fucking great. <laughs> if you like bao buns, but you also like American food, it's literally like a Philly cheesesteak inside a nice soft. Yo, I also do want to give Tony a quick shout out for those of you guys watching the YouTube. You already know this, but Tony's wearing our merch right now. He's wearing the fresh Dean D44 yeah. t-shirt, but he's fucking up. Okay, I was going to say, now Jared's putting it on. He's, he's got the hat, but it's he's not wearing it. It's just sitting on the couch behind him, <laughs> staring at us. Man, this is uh, great content for a rundown, Alec. Yeah, we're going to go to the rundown. Uh, brought to you by Jared. D&D merch. If you are looking for some merch and want to support a good cause and that cause as us <laughs> it is 404pod.com check us out 404pod.com i think it's great honestly i can't believe the support we've got we just posted it what was that last week and 10 out of 10 thank you guys if you guys already picked stuff up if you haven't check it out if you're looking for a shirt and honestly great quality i got to say i've been wearing my hat all day every day since i got it love it yeah it's starting to get cold we got the beanies okay and we only take recommendations on what to possibly add on twitter if you don't go to twitter and you don't follow us and add us we won't even think about adding it to the store that's true it's the only way we collect ideas yeah i just decided that right now um, so <laughs> i just kind of called an audible but executive decision right there yep this is actually a group rundown on that note go check out jared and my new youtube video opening up pokemon oh, yeah. cards <laughs> oh man thank you to the 350 people that watched it i gotta say i thought that like your idea like i need to be more receptive of ideas because when i heard it and you told me the idea i was like dude <laughs> this sounds like it's gonna be so dumb and then like you I was played just, it like, and you're laughing the whole time i was having the time of my life it was great. So go out there and check it out. I just bought a shirt. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> In our last session, the Bloodshard Bandits and some Rust Monsters became well acquainted. Too close for comfort as a swarm of Rust Bugs hidden within the Blood Pylon's glow attacked our group. Our heroes defeated the monsters at the cost of Drell's armor. After some banter, Armos absorbed the pylon and revealed a hidden staircase beyond it. The group decided to travel upwards, and after some time, they reached the top of the giant footsteps, finding a massive church overlooking the ocean. The heroes find more than some ruins. A mysterious guardian named Alara protects a mysterious blue gem. And even more interesting, there are painting of gods and Drell's father? Bard, go ahead and play that intro, and let's get on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the world of Humbrea, featuring three first-time adventurers and one very patient DM. This is D&D 404. <laughs> Fellas, boyos, blood shard bandits. That's us. The three of you are in the chapel of Scoria Stonebones an ancient god, and when you guys walked in there last, you were in the middle of a conversation with Alara, a protector of a blue gem identical to the one that you have that you found all the way back in the first arc. When you guys were talking about the gem, briefly she mentioned that a man named Bowden was the person who created it, however she was unaware that there was a second one made, the one that 
you are holding. And he said he made it as a way uh, to destroy something or as a backup plan for something. What's well, mine? You can't have it. <laughs> <laughs> so Alara is standing there and the three of you are having some conversation. So we'll say that from last session with that conversation, some time has passed and the three of you are making yourselves more acquainted with the chapel around you. You kind of, now you're interested, you're on friendly terms with Alara and you guys had some friendly conversation getting to know each other. So the four of you are now somewhat comfortable. You're, you're good acquaintances at this moment, let's say. And you notice that as you guys are like walking around Armos, you notice that Reginald is not on your shoulder. He's actually still back at the door at the front of the church. He's, and uh, he goes, yeah, Armos, take your time. Uh, I'm going to be out here. You know, this isn't really my type of scenery. Uh, he's like stretching and enjoying the outside atmosphere. I give him just a thumbs up and kind of laugh to myself as uh, I shake my head and look back at the the gem. Take your time. And he turns around. And you realize that like his bunny tail has some smoke coming off it as he like he walks out of your view. <laughs> Hello. Oh, man. I've never been in a building with this many bricks. It's so open and echoey. Try it, Sid. I'm used to all my huts back home. <laughs> On a straw. <laughs> uh, Alara's laughing as you two are like going down one of the giant halls uh, and like yelling at it. As it yeah, Minnis and Sid are actually just walking on their own, just exploring. <laughs> <laughs> Drell, what are you doing? Well, I guess I thought Armos was going to ask her about the the gem. I got I got the info, kind of. Well, yeah, what's it do? Um, it made <laughs> what's blow that thing things do? up, and I like that. And I what want you, the other one. What do you mean? What do you mean? It that? You know what? I'm gonna find out. I'm I'm gonna find out. And I and I'm just examining the gem. Ask her about the little flask thing in your in your pocket too. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Uh, the what evil, are we talking about? The evil flask thing. Oh, she won't know. And I hold it up. Hey, do you know anything about this thing? She's awkwardly standing and staring at you as you two are clearly talking about her. Uh, as she was just a part of the conversation just a few minutes ago. She goes, Yeah, no, Drell is totally acting like she's not there. <laughs> like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. What do you want to ask her? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I actually do know about that. Um, so she goes closer and she looks at this flask that's been emanating evil since you got in and haven't explored it. She takes the flask into her hands and she starts examining it. As she's examining it, she's giving it like a basic rundown and she goes, oh, it's uh, looks like an iron flask. <laughs> well, I know that. She laughs at you, Joe. She goes, nah. oh, yes, it's an iron flask, but that's the name of uh, this type of equipment that you would use oh. on something. Mm -hmm. It's known as the iron flask. She turns it around and sees the face of an evil goddess etched into the back of it. And she goes, oh, this is work of the drow. I didn't do anything. What are you talking about? I, we found it. What? Oh, you said, dr oh, okay. Oh, okay, you said drow. I thought you said drow. I, I was like, what? So she, she recognizes the handiwork instantly and then she feels it move in her hands. Well, whatever's inside this thing is quite powerful, but what an iron flask does it's crafted and enchanted uh, to capture a, a monster, a beast, a creature, kind of like a genie in a bottle. Oh my God, Will. Oh, hell yeah. And depending on how strong said creature is, it could or cannot obey you for a short duration. Oh my God, it's a Pokemon. Oh God, he's about to open this flask. Uh, so she doesn't give it back to you just yet. As she sees you grin, she goes, now, I have the evilest look on my face. Yeah, you might want to hand that to me. And I, like, I look like I just ate all the cake at the birthday party. That's the intention of an iron flask. Mm. Technically, you could uh, put your friend in here, and if you throw them out, they would be obligated to obey your command for a short period of time until that duration is completed and then they are aware of everything that you made them do oh my god depending how strong the creature is depends on the amount of time and if this thing is what i'm sensing it probably won't pay attention to you at all oh my god pinch me i think i'm dreaming this is amazing and she gives it to you <laughs> what what is this I, I zoink it back real quick uh nothing don't worry about it i got everything i need and i stuff it back in my bag <laughs> 
You see Alara just like stands at her empty palm and she readjusts her uh, her wolf mask to kind of see everything now. She goes, okay, I'm going to stand back over here. And she takes a few steps back from you. She's a little creeped out, but kind of keeping everything in her purview. I'm going to sit. Now that I got all my, my like information, I'm going to go and examine the gem and the iron flask. As you look at the two gems... They look like a blue version of the gem that's on your tome. Mm. When you like put your tome up to it, you feel this opposite force of like a magnetic force of two of the same polarizing effects trying to keep away from each other. The tome does not like the presence of this blue gem. Oh shit, the blue drums are good. <laughs> Hell yeah. Almost has a little evil book thingy. It is. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I like the red ones better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll you know I could like hold on to the blue one then, if you no, want. No, it's okay, and I I, I move farther away. Almost <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you conclude your investigation, you notice that for you to be comfortable with your belongings, you have to wrap up the blue gem in some heavy cloth, like really conceal it on your person for you to feel uh, normal, not feel these opposite. Uh, hey, Alara, so quick question. Um, yeah, I know my dad and everything on this one, and I point to his, they're the paintings, right? So I point to the painting, mm-hmm. and I know Scoreus, but who is that guy? And I point to the one of the wizard. I believe that's Odin, a friend that made these gems. Oh, shit. Okay, cool, 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 cool. You hear a jar crash in the background as Minus was like looking at something. Oh, uh, that was nothing. And you see him (laughs) sweeping it behind like a curtain. What are we talking about? (laughs) He comes back to the group. Drell, as you're looking at the murals, um, you feel like you're discovering a side of your father that you never know because you just, you met him when you were really young, but you don't have any actual memories of him because he died when you were still, still small, when you were like two or three years old. Do, do these paintings of him look like how I remember him, or does he look older or younger? In this this is definitely him when he was younger. And these okay. murals, they're painted of him in his prime. And he looks the same in all of the murals, even though all the murals depict a different time period. Most of them are just Scoraeus looking like he's killed a lot of cool monsters. Yeah, this guy looks cool. This guy fucks. So as you're looking, you're seeing him pop up more and more, like maybe just in the background of like all these giant beasts that Scoreus has killed. And then you see another photo kind of tucked away behind the altar to the side where it's not the main focus. And on that mural, you don't see Scoreus. You see two Goliaths, your father and a woman Goliath with similar tattoos, and there's a huge frost wolf slain behind it. You notice that the art of your father seems more fading than the woman Goliath. You can guess that this woman in this photo, in this mural, is your mother. Uh The wolf behind them looks similar to the one that you had in your dream a long time ago when you pulled the fur. Does the wolf look dead? The wolf looks slain, yes. Oh, hell yeah. My mom was badass. (laughs) Holy shit. See, I knew I was badass because, like, if they're both badass, then that automatically makes me badass by, like, association and genetics. And then I do, like, like a little glute flex to myself where no one can really see it. (laughs) Alara, do you you know who this lady is in this photo? Uh, Or this painting? (laughs) Not a photo. Well, this mural is a story of the slain wolf god. Hmm. So as a young Goliath child, you were you know the wolf god, Frostoon. He's the god beast of wolves. Frostoon would only appear in the realm when the moon was its closest point to Humbrea, and when the northern lights filled the sky. Frostoon would hunt with a pack of large dire wolves. Alara continues with her story, and she goes, Well, it's told that Brax had slain Frostoon. From what Scoreus told me, Brax was his hunting partner. As the years went on, Brax fell ill. He was dying, but he didn't want to go out sick. With his remaining days, Brax went out to find the biggest monster he could find with his wife, Blossom. And as Alara speaks, you begin to see on her face that 
she's putting two and two together and goes, your mother. She went with him and in Brax's last moments, he took down Frostune and allegedly defeated a god. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> Whether this is true or not, well, maybe Scoraeus just wanted to give his friend praise and remember him in a way that he would want to be remembered. You know that your last memory of your parents is when they left when you were very young. Yeah, I mean, he was pretty fucking badass, so it only makes sense that he slayed a god. That's what I'm gonna do one day, Menace. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go out in a blaze of glory. I'm with you, buddy. Another glass shatters as uh, Sid <laughs> looks at you. <laughs> as it pans over to Menace. Sid, I told you to put that down. See, Armos, you give me that little cool blue gem and we might like you join us. <laughs> I think Drell's just going to kind of keep just walking around, like looking at stuff as I guess everyone else does kind of whatever they want to do. Menace does feel a little awkward and left out. So he's just like, uh -huh. Yeah, so Lara, are there any cool stories about uh, d uh, minotaurs in the church? Uh, you hear Drell kind of laugh under his breath. <laughs> what, an it, what a dumb question. Yeah, I know this bull named Miranor, a real swell guy. No. <laughs> yeah, right? I heard of that, that guy. Did you have uh, the Miranor uh, steak or whatever the fuck it was? Alara <laughs> uh, goes, uh, no, 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 nothing about a minotaur. Uh, I gotta say, you're the first one I ever met. I just always thought uh, she laughs. She goes, I always thought Minotaurs were a little bit taller um, in the stories I've heard, but... <clears throat> well, we're just like other creatures, we're not all the same size, so, you know... We uh, <clears throat> anyways, but, uh, what, uh, what about my... the? And I pull out my book and show her my flower <laughs> from my dream. <laughs> like, what, anything on this? <laughs> <laughs> and he's grasping at straws. <laughs> All right, Minutes, don't fucking embarrass yourself, Jesus. Uh, that's a... <laughs> Who's embarrassed? No one is embarrassed, Rel. I don't know why you it's, brought it's it up. It's okay. It's a very pretty flower. It's uh, one of the... Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. Pretty flower in the land. All right, Sid, let's go. <laughs> we got to eat lunch. I forgot. I'm, I'm starving. I got to eat lunch. So, like, is there anything left behind by Blossom or Drax here, or is it just this photo? No, there's no items left behind. No, no like, tokens of their memory or anything like that? No, just a bunch of old papers that Scurrius oh, fucking behind. lame, and I just go to walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we might want to start heading back. I, I take it you're just, you kind of live here, right? Like, if we ever want to come back, you'll kind of be here. The son of Brax is always welcome within these walls. You like dragon chess? I love dragon chess. And she gets really happy. All right, I'm going to come back. We're going to play some dragon chess. <laughs> oh, hey, by the way, have you heard of this guy named Julius Kendrick? Uh, no, can't say I have. Friend of yours? No, definitely not a friend. We're supposed to uh, be taking uh, him out for a picnic. Well, if he comes by, I'll... Tell him that uh, you're looking for him. Well, no, you don't need to tell him that. I'll, I'll find him. I was just wondering if you knew him. Although you're the first people that have been here in a very long time. Okay. okay. How long <laughs> have you been here? <sighs> you know, the years just fly by. Oh, Jesus. Got any quests? <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, you got any side quests for us or what? <laughs> I mean, if you see Scoraeus in the Kambuki Isles, well, tell him the right. Is that where he is? Oh, uh, he did head that way. Yes, he headed westward. Menace scribbles. Yeah, what about this magician guy? Scoraeus doesn't know where he was. Probably the last time Sorbodin was when he gave him the gem. Well, he, he was just like, hold this for me. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't there for the conversation, but... Mm -hmm. And then he has tasked me to protect it as a okay. favor. Drill writes all this down in his notepad. Well, he acts like he's doing it, but he's really not. While Menace is actually writing it down in his journal. <laughs> 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 Good, good. Oh, let's compare notes later, Drell. <laughs> yep, yep, will do. Wait, so how were you picked? So, um, well, Scorius found me. Last thing I remember, I was in a terrible fight. A uh, war. Were you winning? I don't think so. Fuck. Never, never, never been there. Am I right, guys? I don't remember much, but Scorius saved me. He said he recreated me in an image more fitting. He said, so many years have passed since I awoken. And ever since then, I've just been grateful to him. Uh, he's told me stories of how he found me and mumblings I may have had 
I guess you could say I'm reborn. I mean, that's pretty freaking sweet. <laughs> it is pretty cool. But you don't know where you're from? Armos, you don't even remember where you're from. I know. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about? Shots fired. Like, why, 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 why are you hounding her, dude? Hey, that's what I'm trying to figure out. You woke up in a bar, dude. She points to her swords that she had on the side. She goes, those have seen a lot of blood. Oh, sick. I used to go by the name of Hiran. Oh. Mm. Imaginary writes that down too. <laughs> well, hey, I uh, I made up this card game called uh, Lethal League Blaze. Uh, we should play it sometime. Sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever heard of a person named Bando Boris? I know Bando Boris, the god. There's a god named Bando Boris. Bando Boris, the god of thiever. Oh, fucking Christ. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I think that's it for me, actually. I think I don't, I don't have any other questions. Alara, thank you for your time. Yeah, maybe we'll be back. Who knows? I'll definitely be back. We'll be playing games soon. I'll definitely be back for, you know, to see you. Maybe the gem. Maybe just the gem. We'll see. If you, if you ever see Armos again, definitely stand in between him and the gem. That's just from from what I've known, you know, he's, he's a cool guy, but you two are welcome anytime. Him... I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. We get it. If he comes here and you two aren't here, pull out those blood swords. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> I look at I look at all of them and I pull hold up the the iron flask. Like I'll do it. I'll do it right now. She gives you like the meanest side eye. Uh, okay. On that note. All right, Reginald. Oh, we're coming out. Time to go to another church. Uh, yeah, yeah. Whenever you guys are ready, you know, no rush. No rush. Yeah, we just got to go to another church, so get ready. Wait, what? You see him hiding in shade. <laughs> <laughs> picture he's got like a little like umbrella that he's been using to like stay out of the sunlight. Uh, I don't even know why you guys like those buildings. Uh, and the three of you begin to walk out and wave goodbye to Alara. And she sees you off and you see that she has a smile on her face as she, as you could probably gather that she has been visited in a very long time. That's good to know. Good to know. Okay, so... The three of you would like to head back to Lelouch's? Yeah, you know... If you look at the map... Oh, I should have shown her the map we got. Damn it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I was sitting here looking at it. It's on one of my tabs. It's yeah. like, yeah, we definitely got to say this, but then I got so distracted. Here. Uh, well, you know, here, Armos, why don't you go back and ask her about it? So, <laughs> and I kind of nudge. <laughs> and I went, <laughs> we'll stay out here. Uh, the three of you go back to... The church to ask about the map, yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Yep. Mm -hmm. You guys make your way back to the woods and you find the massive tree with the oak doors on it and you go back to the dark staircase that you traveled up. Now, the staircase felt like it a couple hours, uh, well, at least an hour or two to climb to make it here. So you travel back down, and as you're traveling, you are now back in the ice brew minyards. You are back at that entranceway where the rusted steel door was and all of these dead rust bugs. I step on every single one of them as we walk out. You step on them like crunchy leaves on a nice fall day. I also pick up what's left of my armor and I put it in my bag. So it's a good question. Do you guys want to take anything from them? Like, do you, you we're just going to leave this mess here? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm not cleaning this up. Oh, you know what? I use, I use a shovel. I use my shovel and just kind of push them off into the hole. You throw the bugs get out of the way. <laughs> you, <laughs> you throw the bugs into the hole. Yeah, uh, yeah, that hole. <laughs> and you walk through the giant steel door, being as quiet as possible. I'm not gonna make you roll a stealth check here, but as you try to come back, there is another tour routing back. And you pop up behind one of the tour guides that are like trying to escort people like, oh, hello, oh, which, how'd you get here? Oh, what, what are you doing behind me scanning me like that? How'd you get back here? Please, please come in line. Go to the line, please. We're about to finish the tour. Please, please. And he scoots you along and you guys leave the ice brew minyards and the sun is now setting. We are going to do a bit of a time skip here. Tara has asked the three of you to lay low and to attend a mass that happens weekly for all the visitors of Lelouch's farm at the chapel where they pray to their god and it's kind of like a show and tourists come and check it out far wide. It's kind of like something they offer while also praying to their god. So a few days are going to pass. So during this time, you can do any downtime activities that you would like. You 
regain all your spell components, rations, food and water, basic uh, amenities that you may need for travel. Is there anything specific that the three of you might want to do during this downtime that isn't like a serious task? So getting an idea of when we were cleaning up the bugs in the cave and picking up all those dead bodies, I got an idea of something I want to create. Um, I'm going to go back to Buzzguz Ranch. What would you like to do yeah, at Buzzguz? Do everyone, do, that'll, that'll be, I'm going to, I'll do that and then we'll go to everyone else. Okay, Jarrell, is there anything you would want to do um, during this downtime? I have something, but I'm trying to read up on it before I because like one of the things I took as an artisan toolkit was brewing supplies recently. It says proficiency with brewing supplies gives you an additional insight on intelligence also known as history checks concerning events involved alcohol as a significant element such as like medicine this tool proficiency grants additional insight when you treat anyone suffering from alcohol poisoning or when you use alcohol to dull pain. So it's not like crazy. Like, so I guess I would spend the next few days kind of at the brewery, like doing like tours or maybe like just trying to see if I can like just practice with these brewing tools to like maybe not initially get the proficiency, but at least start that train. So then I can, you know, kind of just work on it later okay so you spend the next couple of days at the brewery and you're trying to use like your knowledge at home when you used to brew your own ale in your free time and you're trying to apply some of those skills here and trying to learn from the best of the trade uh roll me a d20 plus your proficiency bonus oh shit okay that's 22. you spend the next few days at least five days just going there spending most of your time there and you're also like talking with some of the visitors and some of the people that work there and some of the friendly uh, commoners there. And you're learning some of the best trick of the trade. You have learned during your time there to make an ale with a combination of your brewing kit and your alchemist jug with the ale that produces, which some of their blueberry ingredients that you have now bought, you can now brew an ale that dulls pain for a short amount of time. Okay. So when you brew this ale, you when a user drinks it, they're going to take they're gonna have resistance to bludgeoning damage. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, so you know, like a drunken, uh, like a drunken bar fight, they just don't feel as much pain when they drink this. Rad. Um, so how many of those? Well, I guess, I guess initially, how many potions do I have? And then roll me a d10 of that's how much that's how many you have in your reserves in your time. One. <laughs> All right, add your proficiency bonus, and that's how many L's you've made over the past five days that work. That's okay, how long it cool. took you to make through trial and error. Nice. And then w what about when it comes to just my brewing? Am I now proficient? So you know my... how to make, yeah. So you know how to make this brew. And when you like go to a town, you can get the necessary ingredients to brew this. If you're staying okay, over right. for a period of time. Yeah. Cool. It's a nice little, nice little flavor. Minus, is there anything you would like to do in your downtime? Yeah. I'm, I don't know if I have anything specific I want to achieve, but Minus would definitely spend his week learning as much as he can about the plants and the practices at the orchard uh, at zuggish orchid orchids it's i thought it was an orchard zuggish orchids i say orchard because um you know i'm a gindaloo from brooklyn uh but yeah it's <laughs> it's orchid yeah zuggish orchids yeah so i definitely want to spend a week at zuggish orchids kind of learning the practices that they implement there and the first thing I you're going to do is roll me a persuasion check. Don't have good persuasion. It's a seven. When you try to go there, you don't learn anything because the owner of Zuggish Orchards is Yvelda, who is a half orc that does not like anybody. You recall that when you first came here next to Zuggish Orchids, there was a sign that says keep away and it was everything was crossed out. And you see this half orc working the orchids and taking very well care of the fields, but turns everybody away who tries to ask her anything. And with a seven, you do not get to warm up to her like you do, but you do get to see these rare exotic flowers. You take some notes. Give me a nature check as you're like just studying and observing on your old accord. Right. Uh, that is a 12. You see a plant. There's a blue plant uh, in its own patch of dirt. It looks like all the plants around it, all the flowers, kind of lean away from it 
and it has like its own area and it's just protecting this one flower. It looks you it's a blue version of the flower that Drell has. As you start to hear, you know that this is called the dragon's plume. What does it do? Or what is, what's what's significant about it? It's used as an ingredient for various things, such as armor, potions, or weapons. It's a rare flower to find and very hard to maintain and grow. And do they just sell it there? No, this is not for sale. This is like for spectacle only. Yes, Sid, climb onto the flower and try to pull some off of the spores off of the uh, flower yeah. itself. <laughs> Then I guess he just spends the rest of his time at Buzzguz Ranch with Armos. Armos diminished you two go over to Buzzguz Ranch. Uh, Armos, what did you want to do? So as I'm walking there, hey man, you know, I'm gonna have to go over here and I point to uh, this kind of smelly part of Buzzguz. Uh, I'll be back. I, got, I think I gotta run this one solo. What are you doing at Buzzguz Ranch? <laughs> so, Armos, uh, are you trying to get more of that? Uh, Bat guano? Is that what you're doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Something's uh, kind of luring me in here. I just, I'd maybe stay away for a little bit. So I find kind of a uh, a spot where, since there's so many bugs and everything like that, there's obviously a place where they're being thrown out or like uh, taken care of. Maybe like a cemetery, if you will, or something along those lines. Okay. Uh, my book this entire time has actually been kind of pulling me to things of the dead for some reason. So I sit down with my book and uh, I open it up and I sit there and kind of meditate for just a bit in kind of a dark corner with some dead bugs in front of me. And as I do that, the book opens up and starts seeping this black mist out. I can start seeing a, uh, something being pulled out of the pages. As I go and I'm sitting there looking at it, I can almost grab to whatever it is as it takes and materializes in front of me. And it's a small dagger that we'll call Dagger of the Flesh. <laughs> That's what happened when I turned level eight. I got Scepter of the Flesh, so it's, I'm going to make it a dagger. <laughs> what is this? Hold on. I feel like I totally, like, this should have been spoken to me. What, wait, okay, so when Wallach turns level eight, you get a weapon? Sculptor of flesh. <laughs> Sculptor of flesh. Sorry. I was like, what? <laughs> I read it quick. <laughs> Sculptor of flesh. I took Eldritch Adept. I get to study the occult lore and I get to pick another uh, Eldritch invocation. So I can now polymorph one thing. I have the ability to polymorph something. Yeah, you get this dagger of the flesh. <laughs> I had it. Sure. I just haven't casted it this whole time. And I was oh, like, well, there's got to be oh, a cool way. you're casting a spell. That gives it's just you the a spell. Deck. Like, yeah, the dagger's just like bolt. Like, I'm not gonna stab anybody with it. I was gonna like it needs to be a scepter, but I don't want to carry around a scepter and be like, eh. oh, that's dope. So while you're over playing with dead bugs, um, Minus, you go back to Buzzgas uh, during your downtime and you see what he's doing because you felt really comfortable here. Sid is flying next to you, like. Meep, 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 you go back inside and Buzz goes like, oh, yes, cowbug. Oh, welcome back. Welcome back. And you two have a conversation. You're catching up. I probably brought him like a wing or something from. Yeah. The so you bring him a wing bugs. from the rust bugs you killed. And you notice that the rust bug that was recently captured by him is uh, yesterday. It was killed and he's like now working on it. And you see his carcass. I knew it. And um, he's like <laughs> working on it. And you see that it's like antennas are off. And he goes, ah, yes. Oh, you're interested in the rust bug, yes. And the two of you talk more. And remember, remember how I said uh, off session I was going to shoehorn something? Well, the two of you talk. And he's like, oh, yes. Oh, I got the great idea. Oh, buzz. And he takes an interest in your sling and like rips it off of you and you two like kind of like fight back and forth for a minute he goes no no this is gonna be cool i promise i promise i promise it's gonna be cool and he kicks you I off i don't know uh that's a special sling that melora uh, gave me so uh, i don't want you to mess it up no, no, and he's no, like it's gonna, be gonna be totally rad <laughs> and he rips okay. it off you yeah, and like yeah. you're trying to get it back and like his one of his extra legs is like keeping you at arm's distance it's like <laughs> i'm so tiny i just can't even and he takes the like some solve he made from the rust bugs, like a jar of ooze, and he takes the antennas and he takes some of the material and he turns your sling, he coats it with some of the uh, shell of the rust bug, makes it look really cool, like kind of insecty. And he takes the antennas 
and he folds them in onto your sling, gives you back your sling, and it now has a cool new ability. When you aim your sling for X amount of times a day, the antennas will come out and you can put the rust monster solve, uh, the things that melt metal essentially, onto your shots. Whoa. Dang. Would you say it's uh, the amount of times is my proficiency modifier? It's exactly <laughs> what it is actually. Uh. <laughs> the rust monster's antennas attached to the sling. The user may coat the shots of the rust bug salve to reduce the target's AC by one on hit. Oh, that's sick. The amount of uses is one plus your proficiency bonus per long rest. That's pretty fucking epic. That's awesome. Because yes, you know, like, uh, so the rust bug antenna makes this ooey gooey, kind of cool, tastes kind of good, actually, solvent, kind of like a saliva. Well, you put it on your shots, and when you shoot, it melts metal. Also note that this, um, works on normal metal. And does it only take one AC to metal armor? Is that the idea? Yes, it okay. only dissolves metal. Non-magical metal. Oh, I can't wait to show this to Drell. Drell's gonna love this. <laughs> <laughs> While you guys are doing your downtime activities, you also kind of do your own intel. So when you talked to Para last, and she told you about this mask, Armos, uh, while you were playing with dead bugs, you also kept an ear out uh, for anything suspicious. When you guys kill the undead octopus, almost you remember some suspicious looking people walking around that didn't like the fact that you uh, taken out this octopus and you successfully stealthed and followed them home and they looked very suspicious and you always kept an eye on them. You learned throughout the week that Para believes Lelouch, the owner of the ranch and Pastor Lero are being blackmailed by the cultists farm blood shards or something of that nature can't blame them <laughs> uh, she also tells you that maybe some of the common workers uh around the farm could be undercover agents and there are suspicious people that have that are working on the farm you also know that in the last week or so Dead animals have been found in the streets recently, mutated animals, similar to like all the dead birds that fell out of the sky when you left Kavarthas cave. The same effect happened after the pylon was absorbed by you, Armos. You start seeing some weird animals uh, in the streets and you see some workers cleaning them up, but it's like kind of like a talking point among some of the guests. Like, oh my God, I can't believe there's like so many animals just all over the road. And uh, I thought this place was supposed to be nice. And it's like a talking point among some of the horse. So, the three of you lay low, and now you guys are walking to the Chapel of the Gatherer, a weekly service that is held on the farm for all commoners, farmhands, and tourists who want to worship or visit or pay homage to another goddess. This chapel's not nearly as cool as my dad's chapel. <laughs> <laughs> The three of you walk towards the church, and the closer you get, you see a small crowd of people on the road with you that you soon blend in with. The people walking towards the church are a mix of happy visitors and commoners. The chapel looks humble and modest in size. The crowd of people walking towards it make it seem smaller than it actually is. As you walk in, people start to make their way to the pews and take seats where they can. The construction of the church is well kept with some timely wear and tear, and looks well used. The stained glass are all murals that seem to paint various events and a feminine being doing works of miracles. Down the long aisle leading to the altar is a man wearing religious garb. By his stature, you know he's the one leading the sermon. Armos, as you walk in, like Reginald is like, oh, another one of these places. But before he can get off, you kind of just go through the door and he gets frozen for a second. He goes, uh, oh. Oh, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll, I'll hang out for a little bit. And he doesn't feel different when he walks through this church. Wait a minute. Mm. Uh, God, menace, this is not good. <laughs> Reginald, try out this holy water, and I dip him in the holy water. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I just, I mean, I don't like water. I mean, who likes water? All right, let's grab uh, a pew in the back, guys. I wanted to sit up front, menace. 
Okay, I see one up at the front, second row. You do see the in the front is more crowded than sorry, anything. Sorry, sorry, excuse me, sorry, excuse me, sorry, excuse me. Oh, oh, oh my sorry. god, oh, wow, big fellow. Oh. You guys are so embarrassing. Oh, look at a giant man, sweetie. Oh, look at the cow. Oh my Scoop. god, Scoop it's over. a bull. I'm a bull. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> oh, is that yes. uh, Oh, wow, Armos, you brought money for a collection, right? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> the three of you mosey up right into the front, and you see that this man of religious garb is, like, getting things ready. He has some helpers also getting some relics and setting up and making everything look nice. And you see the pastor uh, is arranging some papers as well and preparing himself. He's doing some throat exercises, like... Lelouch, Lelouch. Lelouch, Lelouch getting ready as the three of you find comfortable spots as people begin to settle you catch a glimpse of the pastor talking to somebody a slender elven looking gentleman with a loose posture they seem very friendly towards each other they seem friendly and close however their facial expressions may tell another story a few moments pass as they talk and and then the elven man walks out along the wall of the church and takes a seat in the back Everyone begins to come to a hush and some bells ring and you can start to tell that the sermon is about to start. And the man turns around, has his hands clasped in front of him and begins to speak. It is a human man, very well kept, uh, close beard. He has white hair. He looks middle-aged, very fit. And he goes, as the wild berries grow, they are picked. Those that are picked are chosen to push life forward, and even more slight. From the littlest berry to the largest tree, life provides a way for life to give way and make home for those who have lost their way. <laughs> we gather here to pay honor and tribute to the goddess that protects us and graces us with a bountiful harvest season after season. More people chant, up it somebody as the pastor talks, he speaks as he's putting on a show. Welcome everybody to the Chapel of the Gatherer. We are here to say praise to Shantae, the goddess of agriculture. With her blessing and love, the grand land is able to produce means of survival for all of South Trillis and beyond. Shantae is a kind and benevolent goddess who overlooks everyone. She provides for everyone, and even those who don't directly follow in her footsteps. And in that humbleness and selfishness, we thank her for her praise. People bow their head. And neat words of encouragement and friendship, agriculture jokes, and some sides are thrown in there. The ceremony goes on like that for almost an hour. And towards the end, you see the pastor gesture to some of his local hands as you see some people start to hand out baskets and people are now digging in their pockets and throwing some gold into the baskets as donation and a basket comes your way. Don't even, don't Armos. even. I literally Armos. am on the inside and I give it right to Drell. <laughs> I push it back to him. I like don't take it. I like just like I'm holding. It. Come on. Menace has no idea what's going on. He's like, oh, I'll take one. He takes a piece of gold. <laughs> Thank you. And he passes it to the next person. <laughs> I smack, I smack <laughs> Menace's hand. I'm like, God. What? Why did I sit next to you guys? <laughs> help. Come on, man. I, I've left my wallet in the room. Because you don't have a shirt on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Come on. Just you're making us look bad. Just toss a gold in. Sweetie, give them, a, give them an electrum. Come on, you've been doing so well this year. Give them an electrum. Why aren't you giving them a platinum? You know, they give us food year-round at crazy good prices. What we could do is at least bless <laughs> Shantaya, the goddess of agriculture. You're not going to give them a platinum? God. Look at Armos this. Look at this right red fellow. No. He's about to give no. them so much gold, honey. Come so on, do something. Much. Do something. Yeah, come on, Armos. I, uh, do not. <laughs> And give the past the bull past drill over to Menace, and then smack his hand of when he's trying to take money. <laughs> oh, why do you keep doing that? <laughs> Almost as you pass the donation basket, give me a perception check with advantage. Uh, perception. Whew, thank God. 
18. You notice that on the other side of the church, one of the people that are handing out the baskets and helping it go around to make sure everyone donates or nothing is stolen is one of the people you followed <gasps> when you slain the octopus, one of the suspicious people. What does he look like? What, what shirt is he wearing? He's just wearing white religious garb, the shorter one of the three. You catch his eye. We, we make eye contact or I just notice him? You make eye contact. Okay, I, I act as casual as possible. And then when I see him look away, I elbow drill and I'm like, no, I told you I forgot my wallet. No, shut, we're past that. What? What? That, you see that short guy over there? Can you pass the donation basket, please? I'm trying to, you know, get on Shantai's gold graces, please. As he's trying to pull the basket. Yeah, Menace is just holding it in his lap. <laughs> Menace, Menace, <laughs> Menace what? put a piece of gold in it and pass it on. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah sorry. <clears throat> I thought I thought this was like, take a gold, mm -hmm. put in a, and you see there's like a drawing in there. <laughs> he took a gold <laughs> and put a drawing in, in the basket. <clears throat> sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> Takes a drawing out. Keep the drawing in there, just, just what? Put, oh, no, put, keep it keep in there. Keep the drawing in there. Just just put gold in it with it and pass it on. Yeah, okay, fine. I drove Melora. I hope they like that. He passes it to the old lady. <laughs> Why would you draw a photo of a different god in a church? I don't know. They, you know what? Fuck it. Just keep it in it. Wait, whose church is this? <laughs> Menace is not good at religion. Oh, Menace, they're going to love that. That's perfect. That's perfect. I don't actually even remember. It's fine. Just pass it on. Pass it on. Perfect, Menace. But I turn to Armos and I go, okay, what were you saying? All right, so I get menace now that the attention is off of him, kind of. I'm like, hey, all right, don't look now. But you see the short guy over there, and I kind of nod in that direction. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. that's one of the three guys that uh, I followed that one uh, the night after the squid incident. Ah, uh, the night you disappeared. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The night yeah. menace disappeared, too. We need to. I also did that. Yeah. So did you. I, I didn't see you the rest of the I night. I slept in my own bed. It's Alright, anyways, <laughs> this guy's we're getting off topic. Okay. Alright, so we need to keep an eye on that guy. He knows I'm here. He knows I know. But if you see him start running. So as the baskets get passed back and you hand it uh you hand them off, the helpers collect all the gold, and Pastor Lero begins to do his closing uh ceremony as he lights some candles and the helpers reconvene in the middle and then go through two wooden doors behind the altar as they're going to a back room and just Pastor Lero is out and he goes, thank you everyone for your patronage and coming today as we praise our goddess Shantae. Please walk in peace and I am here to talk with anybody who wishes to have a conversation or would like to learn some more about our ways. Please meet one another, talk, get to know each other, thank each other. And to those who head back home, have safe travels. And he closes the service and he is by the altar and people start to get up and they start talking to each other and he starts talking about the service and the ceremony has officially ended. During the whole sermon, did it seem dodgy or it just seemed like this is just like upstanding people just trying to... Give me an insight check. Because if it seemed dodgy at all, that would have caused some alarms through part of it. Okay, insight. Hey, yeah. Oh my god. I got a four. No, you don't think any dodginess was going on. You thought it was really okay. weird that the person you got a bad vibe from was there. And you know that he was a farmhand at Lurkes Reservoir. So you don't know why he was here. Maybe he's just a volunteer. But as far as the pastor goes and the ceremony, you didn't catch any cheekiness or dodginess. Yeah, I also want to look around to see if anyone looks like a scumbag. Or like if anyone looks like they were there for other reasons than just like attending a sermon. Go ahead and give me a perception check, Drell. Got a three. Outside of what almost told you, you think the building is full of visitors and tourists and commoners. It's pretty cool, you know, what they do with this place. Is anybody going up to Pastor Lero? There are a bunch of visitors like thanking him and shaking his hand and he's you know, being very friendly to everybody. Yeah, I think we kind of wait until everybody else goes before we go. Yeah, you know, I'm not a big pastor guy. Menace, you go ahead and take this one. Uh, Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, let's just uh, wait for the crowd to thin. <laughs> Some more time passes, and the crowd starts to clear out, and you wait. You're sitting in the pew, and you guys are talking amongst yourselves, and you see that elven man, and he talks to the pastor again, and you hear Lero say, 
Lelouch, it's always great for you to be here. I'm so happy you can attend my ceremonies. They shake hands and the elven uh, gentleman named Lelouch begins to walk out. The church is now empty except for you three and you do hear some noise coming from the other rooms of the church it sounds like they're cleaning up uh good evening sir my name is menace it's good to meet you it was a lovely talking episode oh yes uh he you see lero goes to turn around oh thank you so much uh, where are you uh-huh. hey down here <laughs> oh. well that's pretty fucked and i yell that from where i'm sitting <laughs> in the <room. laughs> Little room. You swear in the uh, middle of the church. Uh, no, son, how can I help you? And he looks down at Minus. He goes, thank you so much for attending today. All right, listen here, bud. You know my friend Para? Uh, of course I know Para. Well, how can how can I help you? I look around and I, I like grab his collar and pull him down. You, she said you could help us, all right? Uh, uh-huh. <clears throat> Uh, and he like pulls, he tries to pull away, like straighten stuff out. I have don't let him get away, man. No idea what you're talking about. You don't know our boy uh, J.K. And I squint at him. I don't even know who J.K. is. I, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, perhaps you're looking for somebody else. I don't know what you're talking about. Huh. Oh, this might be the wrong guy. This might be the wrong guy, everybody. She said the pastor would help us, but I'm not. not I'm not so sure. <laughs> Make me a uh, perception check. <laughs> We're doing good at these seven. <laughs> he looks very uncomfortable. <laughs> He's looking around. All right. Well, if you don't know <clears throat> JK, then huh, I can leave you alone. But we were told to take care of the jokes. How about this? Uh, we're going to be at this location. We're going to be outside in around back. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be at this bar. <laughs> If you feel like uh, joining us for a drink, you seem like a pretty swell guy. Pastor. You just let us know if you're, you know, need anything. I'm sorry. Uh, how can I help you with Para? I'm sorry. I feel like this conversation is just escaped me. Let's restart. My name is Pastor Lero. Thank you so much for attending my ceremony and a weekly mass. How, how can I help you? God, I don't know what to do here, guys. Para said he could help. <laughs> para, Para. Oh! <sighs> Yes. Oh, I am so sorry. I've just been so, so busy. Please, please forgive me. I, I forgot about the meeting we had. And he looks over, uh, over your shoulder. Oh, did you, uh, did you hang out in her bedroom like, uh, like all those other guys do? You hear some pots and pans fall in the background, uh, when you say that. <laughs> no, no, little, no, no, child, no. Uh, oh, really? It sounded like a lot of fun. Our meeting, yes, I I forgot that we had a meeting booked today. Why don't oh, you, you have ahead? a meeting booked? Oh, we'll, we'll wait till your meeting's over. With you. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Armos, when did, did we, did you book a meeting? Yep. Drell, did you? Was I asleep? Yep. Hera told oh, no. me you were funny ones, and he begins to walk beyond the double doors uh, into the back and holding them open for you. Oh, well, that was convenient. All right, let's get this meeting on its way. Uh, he he guides the three of you through the back of the double doors, and he goes into the room. There are two of the helpers sorting through some of the money and like cleaning up and putting some of the religious relics away. And he walks past them and he goes to the door in the back left. Uh, one of them is the suspicious person that you saw, and he goes over to them and he goes, "Gentlemen, please can you help uh, clean up the outside hall?" Uh, I believe somebody had a bit of a mess, maybe some too much to drink. Um, I think they made a mess in the back of in the back of the pews. Two of them nod and they walk out to handle the mess. And he walks in through another door, which is his office. Nice little office you got here. Is this all yours? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, it belongs to the church, um, but I do use it uh, for the time being. Ah, very nice. So, anyways, he closes the door behind the three of you. And he goes in front of his desk, and he invites the three of you to sit. I'm gonna stand. <laughs> Every time. Ah, well, su- suit, you, suit yourself. Suit yourself. Yeah, so, sat all service. You know, I gotta stretch legs. Well, once once again, I am Pastor Lero. I don't think I've had the good graces of meeting the three of you. Minus Pebble Walker of the Ivory Boulders. It's a pleasure to meet you, by the way. Pleasure. Pleasure. Uh, and you, my good sir. And he points to Armos. Look, Brad, you have quite a shady operation going on are you in danger 
or what is happening here? Just tell him your name. Look, I'm Mark. Look. Nice to meet you. Uh, can I have a deception check, please? <laughs> it's a 12. Ah, Mark. Nice to meet you, Mark. Well, listen, if we can use hushed tones uh, for the remainder of this conversation, please, why are you yelling Para's name around here just out of curiosity and telling me fibs and fables of me spending the nights in her room? Well, I didn't say that. You said that. You said that. Did I say that? You said that. <laughs> my, my little friend here has one volume, and it's loud. What? This is a good volume. <laughs> he begins loosening his collar. Okay, whoa. We're not into that, dude. Relax. Oh, okay. We're definitely getting off on the wrong foot. What can I, I help the door you first. three? Why are you saying these names in this church? Who sent you? I wonder. I wonder who sent us. Uh, how many times do I have to say it? Paris said you could help us with Julie. Wait. <clears throat> he instantly catches the instance of that name, and he shuts your mouth with his hands as he stretches over the table, and he goes, then stop asking us who if you don't want us to say their names, <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> You see him start to sweat. What? In a quiet, hushed tone. What are you here to collect? We are here to take Jabberwocky Kilowatt out for a picnic. Yeah, we're here for the BS, man. The BS. It was quiet. The sounds of brooms can be heard beyond the door. Well... Are you up for the task? It could be a dangerous journey. As he clenches his hands together. Almost like he's praying. Yes, but question. Is there a way we could make it a vegetarian picnic? <clears throat> where no, uh, none of the food was harmed? I don't see a way with people's dietary preferences that we could accommodate that goal. Huh. You see, our kitchen can't supply that demand, as recently some of our cabinets have been tainted and infested with rats. And he has a shifty eye, and he looks behind him, and behind him is a large, over his left shoulder, there is from floor to ceiling, a whole row of books. And that's where he's gesturing towards. We will do what needs to be done. Maybe Armos will eat the bologna sandwich. There is a knock on the door. Uh, Pastor Lero, we need your we need your attention out here. There seems to be someone who has lost their way, and they need some help. I think they lost some of their possessions as well. Can you please come out here and help? And he goes, ah, yes, I must see to that. And he gets up, and there is a piece of paper that his hand was covering on his desk that he leaves behind. Uh, it looks very sweaty. And he gets up and he leaves through the office and he goes, gentlemen, I will return. Uh, please have a read. And he leaves and he closes the door and two of the people that were helping clean the church guide him out. Uh, and they seem to be holding like, like one arm over his shoulder, luring him away from the office. Mm. As he closes the door. All right. Ormos, books, drill, guard, me, uh, paper. <laughs> go look at the paper on the desk. You look at the piece of paper and you unfold it. And it's very wet, uncomfortably wet, so wet. And it has a, a name and it's the, it's just like a, a, like a brief sentence ran on it. It looks at the title of a book and it was the windmill between the waters. And when you look at the bookshelf that he was side eyeing, you see a book, the windmill between the waters. Wait, who was on book duty? Was I on book duty? Armos, uh, find this one. And I just hold the paper up. And I go to grab the book. As you grab the book, you hear a chunk. And the bookshelf begins to rubble ever so slightly and unhinges like the sound of an opening door as a cool, stale breeze reveals. Dun, 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 dun. Behind this bookcase, is a small cobblestone room with a statue of a lion facing a spiraling staircase downward. Uh, huh. Ormos, you go first. But the 
Okay, so I walk in, I see the staircase. I have a lot of questions, but I think we need to proceed. Can we like push the bookcase back into place? Absolutely. Do we see a hinge from this side first off? Right. You notice that the statue on the the statue the, of the lion, its jaw is unhinged and looks like it moves. I put it up. As you put it up, the bookcase begins to close. Oh, sick. Wait for me. And I like running. That guy was very sweaty. I hope this is like a secret society that we're helping out and they're definitely not going to ambush us when we go down the stairs. The three of you walk down this dark cobblestone stairs, holding on to Armos as he can see in the dark. But there is a glimpse of light at the bottom of the staircase. It's not very far down. You feel like you're walking in cellar. As the three of you walk down the stairs, you hear the sounds of chatter, laughter. It sounds like a group of people are talking and bonding, but with some unsavory tones, a lot of cuss words, uh, a lot of sailor talk, if you will. The sounds of beer being poured, dice being rolled. As you peer through, you see a bunch of tables scattered throughout a lot of doors that lead to different rooms. You can count as you glimpse through at least two people sitting and drinking across from the main entrance. There are barrels along the walls. There are torches lighting up the area. The people at the tables are all wearing red uniforms. You see a flag, a banner in the distance from the door. That's of the Red Dawn cult. Almost your tome is letting off a presence. The essence of blood shards may be nearby. You get this strong urge of belonging down here. You also get the feeling of an immense pressure, somebody exuberating a strong vibe. And as you gaze around the basement, these possible cultist members you hear the banging of sticks against steel on the north side of the room as there are two giant iron doors being rattled every so often. And that is where we're going to end this week's session. What? I'm here for the club meeting, everybody. <laughs> Just when it gets good. <laughs> so I started blasting. So anyway, I started blasting. Firing good old my bolts. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for catching this week's session. That was a goodie. A lot of lore drop. A lot of lore drop and build. Yeah, um, found out about mom and dad. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this episode really blossomed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guys, how are you feeling? What do you think is going to happen? I mean, we'll talk about it on the after show, of course, but, you know. I think we're going to have a nice... Very calm chat with these Red Dawn cultist members. Whoa, who said they're cultist members? Whoa, I just said there was a banner in the background. Doesn't mean they're cultist members. Jeez. I mean, the Red Dawn, they're kind of, you know, they're always up to things. I knew we shouldn't have trusted that pastor. Yeah, no, it's good. I liked it. <laughs> it's, uh, I always like, I mean, I, I always love the combat side of D&D, &D, but I, you know, the the storyline and the, the lore discovering all that it's i think it's, it's got to be my favorite part i also try to provide a lot of imagery this episode uh i know you guys listening it. can't see it but i've been trying um and i'll share some of those cool little snippets in the discord you could join the discord by clicking the link down below along with all of our other cool links and cool merch link we got merch we got merch <laughs> we got it's the merch. really good merch uh jared's well-being may or may not be on the line by the way just saying if we don't if we don't i'm just saying we have a an optimistic goal if an optimistic goal isn't met then jared gets to bat to the knees you know what i'm saying it's supposed to be. <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh no my the allegories continue <laughs> <laughs> oh so many allegories but we will talk about it on the after show before we close out Indeed this session alec do you have anything you want to recommend because i know you made a very strong point that you want to talk about some stuff at the end of the episode to recommend yeah mm. i didn't think of anything for this episode. wow Fuck. he's not even prepared oh you know what no actually i recently started watching the show community oh yeah it's amazing i don't know if anyone else seen it it's 100 the best show it's fucking hilarious the so D &D episode of community is amazing by the way i haven't got there <laughs> 
Oh, Alec, you're gonna love it. The first season is okay. I'm on second season now. Just yep. started season Good. two. It's just and I thought climbs. season one was funny as fuck. Yeah, you're gonna love. It gets so good yeah Dude, um, for so, those who have it it's on netflix so check it out i believe it's on everything it's on like well it, it was on uh what is it yeah i think it was on hulu right and yeah and then it went to hulu and now it's on yeah now it's, it's on, on netflix so um, can't wait can't uh, wait fun fact the guy who does rick and morty dan Harmon. yep was part of that yep. show fun fact fun fact Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, easily biggest man crush I got, and he's in that show. He's <laughs> hilarious. I love that guy so much. So far, Amazing. Pierce, who's played by Chevy Chase, is yeah, he's he's funny he's, as fuck. He's my he's that. my favorite. It's just so yeah, <laughs> he's he's too fucking funny. Dude. Those, those people the... actually exist in college. It's mm-hmm. so funny. As someone who went to a community college for a year, I just it makes me kind of want to go back because I miss how fucking shitty it was. <laughs> but no, it's great. I loved it. Uh, and with that being said, we are going to move on to the Patreon supporters. Take it away, <laughs> future me. Now it's time for the Patreon shoutouts. First up is our Sigic College alumni, Ulrich Shield Dust. Ulrich has been hard at work. After aiding Dilmore's reconstruction, the Shield Heart Forge is finally back up and running. The sounds of hammers on anvils are being struck and heard deep into the night. His customers are overjoyed and say his work has gotten even better since his new hammer. Next up is Artemis. Artemis is currently working security at the Alchemist dorms at the Sigil College. As the summer semester comes to an end, Artemis is working double time, keeping the annoying engineering students away and defending Kemi Joe from ruthless pranks. Next is Alara Dawnstar. Alara is defending a mysterious church forgotten by time on top of a lone hill overlooking watery cliffs. Alara trains on, defending her new home and mysterious artifacts left behind by an old friend. Enter Julius Kendrick, a dastardly hooligan spreading mischief in South Trillis, last seen only by the man he murdered. Julius's location is unknown but close by. Looming in the shadows, the faint sounds of tolling bells fill the air when he is near. Now we're going to move on to Humbrea's Heroes. First up is Alex Dredd. Mr. A. Dredd is currently reigning champion in the Kambuki fighting pits as he recently won a fight with a bugbear while his arms were shackled to a rock. Quite impressive. Next is Charcoal Darts, wild magic artist of Humbrea. Have you noticed the autumn trees recently? That's because she is painting the environs with her new line of oil paints. Last is Man with Glass. Recently, Man with Glass has been arrested for assault. Reports say he attacked somebody named Man with Stones. Man with Glass claims Man with Stones had it coming and got rocked. That's it for this episode's shoutouts and a big thank you to this month's Patreon supporters. If you want to be added to our shoutouts, go ahead and click that Patreon link down below to find out more. See ya!